0: And Father, it's our desire that Jesus would be magnified and glorified in the service, that his words would be said, his deeds would be done, his glory would be made manifest. And Father, we never tire praying this prayer. Lord, help us get this job done. Even so, Lord Jesus, come. Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning, everyone. And welcome to the Fredonia edition of Family Church, one of ten locations, meeting throughout New York, Pennsylvania, Europe, and more to come. So we're so honored and thrilled to have you here with us. We want to welcome any first-time guests, return guests that we have, uh, all those watching via livestream all over the world. And of course, our church family here, we're just so thrilled and honored that you came out on this nice, warm Sunday morning to come to church. For those of you that are lying, line, I think it's like five degrees outside, just a normal day in western New York, so praise the Lord. Hey, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to the book of Psalms, chapter 32, Psalms 32. Last week, we began a new series on how God leads us and guides us, or being led to the Spirit of God. Now, it seems to be an emphasis in the body of Christ. I'm hearing more and more preachers, pe- preachers I know and, and others that are preaching along this line uh, in their churches, and their pulpits, and so no doubt the Spirit of God is putting an emphasis in the body of Christ this year, the importance of being led by the Spirit of God. And so we're going to do a quick review of what we covered last week because we have newer people with us all the time, and plus it's always good to be put us in remembrance of what we taught last week. Now, I know you're really good students here. If I were to test you and give you a quiz on what I taught last week, you all would get 100 because you took notes. I mean, you you would finish my sentences on the review. I I just know that. But there are folks watching online that aren't as sharp as you are. So we're going to have to do a little review for them. Plus, faith comes by hearing and hearing. So it, it always does us good. Peter says this, he'll not be negligent. Uh, by not putting us in remembrance. That means, he, you know, he called negligence uh, not saying the same thing, not repeating things over and over again. So that's, that's how it gets drilled into our heart. And so let's look at our golden text, Psalm 32, uh, starting with verse 8. And the Word of God says, or God says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way that thou shalt go. I will guide thee with my eye. Be not as a horse or as a mule which have no understanding whose mouth must be held with bit and bridle lest they come near unto thee. And so here we read a promise from God that God will lead us and guide us. And we drew your attention to the phrase, I will. Now, the phrase I will uh, in the English language There's no stronger assertion than I will or I shall. And so when God uses that here, he says uh, it's going to be this way and no other way. And uh, God would have to cease to be God for him not to fulfill his end of the bargain. So God swears by himself and says, I will do this. What is he going to do? He says, I'm going to lead you. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to direct you. Now, that's important to know that... uh, Uh, on our approach when we need leading and guidance from God that uh, we don't need to try to wrestle it out of him. We don't need to try to convince him to do this for us. God already uh, put himself out there. God already promised and swore, I'm going to do that. You know, I like something F.F. Bosworth said. He said this, that all of God's promises are a revelation of what God is eager to do for us. And I like that what He's eager to do for us. So so it's not a matter of us trying to convince God, trying to persuade God. This is something God is eager to do. God is eager to lead us and guide us. God wants to. He says, I will do it. But uh, we made mention of this, and it bears repeating, that very often when God makes a promise, there are conditions, or we can say there is a Godward side and a manward side. Of course, we know the Godward side is, I'm going to do this. This is, this is my promise. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to guide you. But what is our side? What is the condition? What must we do? Well, God tells us right in the next verse, verse 9, where it says this, Be not as a horse or as a mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held and bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. And so when God says, I'm going to lead you and guide you, he, he makes a stipulation, I have a condition. I'm going to do my part, but with your part, don't be an animal. Now that sounds like something your mom said when you were a kid, especially if you're a boy growing up in the foothills of Arkright. Don't be an animal. Were you raised in a barn? You know, and so God is, is, is saying, you know, when it comes to my children, uh, I didn't raise you in a barn. He says, when I'm going to lead you and guide you, more or less he says, I, I don't want you to expect me to lead you like an animal. And here he uses a, an illustration of a horse or a mule. Now, uh, a horse and mule was a means of transportation. And, uh, you know, you you can lead and guide a horse or a mule. If I were to have a horse, let's call his name Ed, just for, you know, if, if you're over... 50 or 60, you know that Ed was a talking horse many, many years ago on TV. If I had a horse named Ed, but my model didn't talk, you know, I could make him go to Jamestown. I couldn't just say, Ed, I, I want you to take me to Jamestown, and he would direct me, direct, you know, take me directly to Jamestown. Uh, I couldn't speak to him on that level, but I could make Ed or Vernon or whatever you want to name your horse go there. how by bit and bridle. You know, they put a bit in the mouth and there's a harness. And to get him to go, you go, get up, giddy up. And he starts going forward. When you want him to stop at a stop sign, you pull back on the reins and you say, whoa. And if you want to make him go right, you pull right. If you want to make him go left, you pull left. And so you can lead and guide a horse by physical stimulus. Stimulus. And when God is saying, I'm going to lead you and guide you, but I'm not wanting to do it like an animal. And it says this at the last uh, phrase of verse 9, lest they come near unto thee. And so he was saying that, uh, you know, an animal horse, that you, you have to force them to do something. If you don't, they're not going to do it. And he says, I, I don't want to lead you and guide you that way. He, he wants us to be led the way He wants to speak to us. Uh, You know, he wants to be able to communicate to us. So how does God lead us? When God says, I will, how is he going to do it? Well, he tells us in the New Testament in Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. Romans 8 and verse 14. And notice how God's going to lead us. Not by bit and bridle. Not by circumstance. But it says this, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God... They are the sons of God, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So God's going to lead us and guide us. How will he tell us in verse 14? He is going to lead us by his spirit. So He's not going to lead us by circumstance. He's not going to yank us and and force us to do anything. He's going to lead us by His Spirit. So how does the Spirit communicate what God wants? How does He lead us and guide us? Well, verse 16 tells us, the Spirit itself or Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So the Spirit of God is going to lead us and guide us by bearing witness with our spirit. And so, when God says, I will, this is how he's going to do it. He's going to bear witness with our spirit. And so, it brought us to this point. If God's going to bear witness with our spirit, we, we need to know how our spirit talks. We need to know what our spirit is and how our spirit communicates to us. And that way, we know how God will communicate to us. And that brought us, again, for a quick review to 1 Thessalonians 5.23. three. First Thessalonians 5.23 says this. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly or completely, your whole being. And what is the whole being? Well, he tells us, and I pray that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So here it tells us what our whole being consists of, that man is a triune being or a man is made up of three parts. We see here, it lists the three parts. Spirit, soul, and body. And a good way of saying this is that I am or you are a spirit being, that we possess a soul and we live in a body. And so man is, is made up of three parts. And we saw this that each part of our being has a way of talking to us. And, uh, and so whenever... Our, our body, our, our soul, or our spirit wants to communicate to the rest of the being. It has a phone that it picks up to communicate. And it's important to know what that phone sounds like. And so, first of all, we looked at the voice or the phone of the body. You know, the body is the house that we live in. You know, your body has a voice. Your body is a phone. What is it? It's feelings. We all know this. When you're hungry... You don't hear a voice, a loud, audible voice. I am hungry. Please feed me. No, you feel something. What do you do? You, you feel hunger, and that is your body speaking to you. When your body is tired, it doesn't use a audible voice and say, I am tired. No, it gives you a feeling of being tired. It's communicating, I need some sleep. And we can go on down the list. And so the voice of our body is feeling. Now what is important to note that the Spirit of God does not bear witness with our body that we are the children of God. He bears witness with our spirit. That means that God does not use the voice of our body to lead us and guide us. Actually, if you study it out in the Bible, if you are led by your body, if you continually just... Are led by your body and does what your body wants, that's what the Bible calls a carnal Christian. Carnal means fleshly Christian. Now, again, you know, when you're hungry, it's good to feed your body, when it's tired, to get rest, but the body is not redeemed yet. It's not born again, and so your, your body still has a sinful nature, and your body will lead you astray if you do everything it says it wants done. Even the great apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 says, I keep under my body and I keep it in subjection. He called his body it, like it was an animal. And God says, don't be like a horse or a mule. We can almost say this God doesn't want you to be led by your body, God doesn't want you to be a carnal Christian. And yet, there are multitudes of dear, wonderful Christians who love the Lord that are carnal. What do you mean? They're led by their feelings. They get up, I don't feel like going to church. They go back to bed. I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like doing that. That is the voice of your body. And it will lead you astray. The Bible says the carnal mind is at enmity against God. So your body and the voice of your feelings will never lead you into spiritual paths. It will never lead you into the will of God. But it's important to recognize that your body has a voice and you need to know what to do with that body. I personally look at my body like a dog. You know, how many have dogs have pets? You you appreciate it. You appreciate that they're their company, you know? But, uh, you know, we don't let our dogs do whatever they want. We do feed them, we do walk them and so forth, but if you let your dog unchecked, you you know, he'll go in the refrigerator and eat everything, eat the cat food, you know, go potty in the living room, you know. (laughs) You, you have to always be on top of your dogs and train and discipline your dogs. You know, you, you enjoy them, but you, you have to have discipline. Again, the same thing with your body. Your body must be disciplined. Never are we to be led by the voice of our body. And uh, so that's now how God speaks us. And uh, we saw this, that we have a soul. We possess a soul. What is our soul? Our, our mind our will our emotions it's the part of us that we reason and think now this is important too you know there's a whole lot of Christians that follow their body and just what they feel like they do or don't do but there's a whole lot of people that try to figure out what God wants them to do they try to think things through they tr- they try to figure out with a calculator how God's going to supply their need. They're trying to figure out how, how can I be here and do this? What does God want from me? Should I marry this one or that one? Should I do this for my life? And they, they process in their mind. They think over and over and over again. But that's not how God leads you. God's not going to bear witness. God's not going to be talking to your mind. He's not going to bear witness with your mind. He's going to bear witness with your spirit. But uh, again, God gave us a mind. It's a beautiful thing. You know what your mind is for? It's to tie your shoes. It's to do your taxes. It's to look both ways before you cross the street. It's to turn your turn signal when you're turning right. Stop when incoming traffic. You know, it helps you at work. It, it is meant to be your assistant to carry out your daily functions and duties. And that's how we ought to uh, do do with our mind, get it renewed. And, and But Put it in its place. But when it comes to spiritual things, your mind has no understanding of God's will for your life. The Bible says this, trust in the Lord with all of your heart or your spirit. Lead not to your own understanding. I tell you what, when I'm trying to find out what God wants to do, the first thing I do is I tell my body, be still, sit, play dead like a, like a dog, and I tell my mind to shut up. And as long as I'm thinking about it, I cannot hear God's voice. God's not going to use your thoughts. When you're thinking and, 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 and imagining and, and trying to process things, you, you are blocking out your spirit and you're magnifying your mind. You need to shut down your mind, put it in its place in order to hear where God does talk, which brings to the third area, the spirit. Our spirit being, that's the real us. And our spirit has a voice now it's not an audible voice it, but it's very similar to the body the body gives you a feeling when it's hungry or it's tired but your voice your spirit has a voice and it's called conscience it's your moral guide now it's a sense it's not a physical sense but it is a sense in your spirit we if you've been born again you all know that sense that's that's the spirit that corrects you your conscience if you you said something you shouldn't you had done something you shouldn't. You watched something you shouldn't. On the inside, down in your belly area, there's something talking to you. It's not a voice, but it's a sense. Uh, I call it a scratching. I call it a nudge. Uh, and it says, uh-uh-uh, you shouldn't have done that. Or don't do that. Again, it's not a voice, but you know it. You, you sense it. And that is the voice of your spirit. Now, why is it all important that uh, we bring this together? The Bible says that the Spirit of God will bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God. If God wants to lead us and guide us, he's going to pick up the phone, not of our body, not feelings, not, not the phone of our mind, thoughts, but the phone of our spirit. He's going to bear witness with our conscience, with our spirit, the leading and guidance he wants to give to us. And that's why it's going to be very, very important that we check here in our spirit, not in our bodies, not in our mind. Like I said before, I have a mailbox. I live on in Arkwright on Route 83. When I want to get the mail, I don't open up the refrigerator and say, Where's the mail? And you know, I can open it several times and, and get frustrated, slam, there's no mail today, no mail today. I never get mail. The mail, this do not work. Call the post office. Well, that's not where the postman or postwoman, postperson, excuse me, puts the mail. It doesn't put it in the microwave. I mean, it doesn't put it in the fridge and doesn't put it in the microwave. As much as we love the refrigerator, as much as we love the microwave, that is not where the mail gets delivered by the mail person. Where does the mail person deliver it? In the mailbox. So you can have weeks of accumulated mail and never receive the deliveries because you're checking the wrong place. God says, I will lead you. I will guide you. I sent my spirit that will lead you into all truth. I will speak to you in all the affairs of life. And you know what we're doing? We're looking in the refrigerator. Going by our feelings. We're looking in the microwave, looking in our mind, you know. We're, we're looking for handwriting on the wall. We're looking everywhere else but where God said in our spirit. That's why God says, don't be a horse. Don't be a mule. Don't, don't, don't be where you have to be made to do something. Check the mailbox. Follow, follow my spirit. And so it, it's important that we become conscious of our spirit And skillful in listening to our hearts. Because that's where the Spirit of God bears witness. Now, I'll I'll say this. That 95%, that's a big percentage, right? 95% of the way that God has led me and guided me is by the inward witness. 95%. You know, it might be 98%, but I want to be conservative. 95%. Now, just think about that. And that's scriptural. So, when I'm saying 95% of the way God leads me is the way God said he would lead me, by bearing witness with my spirit, the voice of my conscience. But just think about If I was looking to some other avenue for God to speak to me, I would lose out on 95% of the way he led me and was going to guide me. I I wouldn't be missing his voice. Jesus said this to Brother Hagin. Jesus, you know, of course, the son of God. Brother Hagin, Kenneth Hagin, was my spiritual father. Uh, And many times Jesus would appear to him, talk to him. And Jesus said this, my people miss the supernatural by looking for the spectacular you know being led by the spirit in your conscience that's supernatural to have God direct you to tell you which way to go to God say no don't do that yes do that on the inside that's supernatural but not spectacular you know it's spectacular an angel coming down to say behold I am the angel of the Lord go and do this with your life, or go and do that, or have a vision or dream. Now, thank God that God can choose to lead us in spectacular ways. But the Bible says the number one way he leads us is inward witness. And so we we must focus on the inward witness to receive the majority of Of his leading guidance. Now if God wants to choose to send an angel. Or have a vision or dream. An audible voice. That is his business. But we have no business seeking those things. Our business ought to be what the Bible says. Following the inward witness. Now again. Inward witness is the voice of conscience. That same spirit. That corrects us. Will direct us. And that's why it's so important to have a tender conscience and to develop your spirit to develop on the inside because uh, you know as a Christian your heart ought to be talking to you and if your heart doesn't talk to you I doubt you're born again my heart talks to me all the time now maybe I'm a little bit more wayward than you and you're more saintly than I you know maybe you were graced and I know you were a better personality than I was given but just every day I'm ready to say something. All of a sudden, don't say that. You know, you know, and, and me being a type A personality, I, I just want to do a whole lot of things. I can do more things in a few hours than people do in a week. And then the Spirit of God said, don't do that. A check. You know, just what is he? He's leading and guiding me. Because if I just... Let my horse, my dog go, I would work my work, 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 and miss the will of God for my life. I'd miss opportunities because I'm not listening on the inside. And so he leads me and guides me here. So it, it's so important. Now now you married folks. and for you single folks, take heed to this. You know, if you listen on the inside, you wouldn't have so many times of intense fellowship. You all know that. You know, because you were in the heat of the moment. Someone ought to write a song about that. Yeah, yeah And some of you, what are you talking about? You, you're too young to know that, or you're too old. <laughs> and you know, you, the, in, in the Bible says, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Swift to hear what? Hear. Slow to speak with the dog, the flesh, the mind. And uh, you'll be in the heat of the moment. You know what the Bible says? you know, don't be quick to talk. Be quick to listen. And you'll you'll want to say something. You want to defend yourself. You want to justify yourself. But if you listen here, oh, it'll keep you in peace. It it it, it will put water in the situation, not gasoline. But when you listen to your flesh and your mind, now I don't want to show hands how many times we put gasoline on the situation. Yeah, we. we That's how you learn. And see, that's how the Spirit of God will lead you and guide you. And if you'll you'll listen to that correction and be sensitive to that correction, that that same Spirit is going to give you direction. And the problem why people aren't getting direction, they're not heeding the correction. You have to learn to first heed the correction of the do's and don'ts and and following your Spirit and and, and being tuned with the, the correction. Then God can speak direction to you. So we we must learn to be sensitive and, and keep what is called a tender conscience. The Bible has a lot to say about conscience. And Paul said this, that faith without a tender conscience is shipwreck. That when you're trying to believe God, trying to walk with God, but if you're not heeding your conscience... And keeping your conscience tender before the Lord, your, your faith can be shipwreck. I, I know that with my personality, I can do things and be in the name of the Lord, but if I just listen to my body, not to my conscience, you know, my life would, would be shipwreck. And so it's important that we, we be tender before the Lord, humble before the Lord, listening to our hearts, listening to our conscience. Every day down here, this is talking to me. You know i get around ministers and ministers like to talk for some reason they like to talk just like you like to talk and sometimes they like to talk about other ministers and sometimes you want to say something you know just to say oh i'm in the pot and don't look at me like you're more spiritual than i but i can't tell you how many times i'm ready to say something i get check. don't say it why he's keeping me out of sin keeping me out of gossip keep me out of trying to put my nose in, in other people's business and see, that, that spirit that is every day correcting me gives me my divine direction. See, God says I will, but what he says, don't, don't be carnal. Don't always be flesh ruled. Don't allow your, your, your body to go unchecked and you have no idea that, that I'm talking to you. And learn to be God inside Mind, Learn to, to listen to your spirit. Now, this brings us to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, and I'd like you to turn there if you have your Bibles. Verse 23. See, we need to make listening to our hearts the number one priority in our life. Why? Proverbs 4, 23 says this. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So the Bible tells us to, keep or another term is guard our heart spirits and heart is synonymous terms and so we are to guard our heart or our spirit with all diligence one translation says above all that you do why out of it are the issues of life so what he is saying is if you'll keep your heart, you guard your heart, you be sensitive to your heart, out of here flow the issues of life. You know what I'm saying? What happens out here determines of how you listen and hear. That's why it says above all that you do, listen to your heart. Uh, Listen to Amplified. I think they might have it up there. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard. For out of it flows the springs of life. The springs means the very essence of life. The founding that out of here flows out here. What, 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 you, what you listen, how you're led and guided here, how you keep your heart here, determines everything on the outside. And see, we got in reverse. We're, we're so caught up in praying for all the outside stuff. God do this, change this, and and we're wanting God to deal with a lot of stuff outwardly. And the reason we have to go that way is because we've missed it inwardly. If we would kept our heart tender before the Lord and listened to Him, a lot of those things out here wouldn't have happened. Or you would already have the direction. Or the correction needed for those outside circumstances. And so we're focusing out here, God, do this, do this. You know, we're always in emergency uh, mode, of like firemen, always trying to put fires out. Oh, my life's crisis, crisis. is And so that's, that's, that's for animals. What we need to do is focus on the inside. Guard this, protect this, listen to this. Out of here flows the issue of life. Out of here, you'll have the direction. Out of here, you'll, you'll, you'll miss a whole lot of tests that a whole lot of people go through. Out of here, you'll have answers for your life. You'll know what to do. God says, I will lead you and guide you the way you should go. I'll give you counsel with my eye. I'm on it. I know what to do in every situation. And I will tell you what to do if you'll listen. Here. Not here. Not in your body not running to a million people all the time, not Googling everything that you, you think of. God. He, he, God in you is the source of all life, source of all wisdom. And so I want to talk and begin to look at what Proverbs 4 is telling us about God in your heart, the issues of life. Your answers are here. Your leading guiding is here. And if you'll listen to your heart, every thou- everything else will respond right. Now, let, let's, let's take one area this morning. I'm not remaining time. Let, let's take the topic of health. We all like health, right? It's pretty important to us. Does anybody here like to be sick and weak? Not me. I don't sign me up for that group. I'll be tardy for it. All right. Now, the good news is that we can live long healthy, and strong all the days of our life. Now, that'd be a good confession. I have no copyright on it, but I say that daily. I live long, healthy, and strong, and not sick a day in my life. And folks say, why don't you ever get sick? Well, I've been saying this for years and years. Spiritual laws have been set in motion. And there's a lot to say about that. What you say today will show up tomorrow. So I, I keep putting in the bank. I live long Healthy and strong, and that way it, it accumulates interest, and I can withdraw in times of need. But anyway, the good news is the Bible says we don't need to be sick. We don't need to be weak. First Peter 2.24, we all know this. Who, Jesus, his own self, bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live under righteousness, by whose stripes you he are healed. Now, why do we bring this scripture out? There's many, many scriptures all through the Bible about health and healing, that I am the Lord that heals thee. But I like this one because most Christians believe that Jesus bore our sins. That Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And, And it's true. It says it here. He bore our sins in his own body and tree, that we being dead to sin should live under righteousness. But what God has joined us under, let no man, you know, what God has put together, let no man put us under a divide. And notice in the next verse it says, by your stripes you are healed. So the same cross that forgives me of my sins is the same cross that will heal me of sickness, weakness, and disease. Okay? And so that, that, that's, a, that's a truth. That belongs to all of us. That is something we all should want and, and walk in. That as I'm readily forgiven, I'm readily healed. And so we, we could take time, and you've been taught that, no evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling. I am the Lord that healeth thee. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. That is a truth for every child of God. Now, what you have to understand, that's why we have to guard our heart with all diligence. The Spirit of God will bear witness with our spirit into truth. And so, when it comes to health and healing, very often folks try to grab onto promises Grab on the scriptures, without the Spirit of God bearing witness of how to lay hold of that truth. Now, in put up on the overhead screen, John sixteen thirteen. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of Truth, is come, that's the Holy Ghost. Remember, the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit. He will guide. He will guide into all truth. This is. The Spirit of God, when you got born again and you're filled with the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God came and reside in your spirit for the purpose of guiding you into all truth. What 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 is what is the job description of the Holy Spirit? To guide you into all truth. God says, I will lead you and guide you. He put his spirit as a navigator in your spirit to guide you into all truth. So when you got the Holy Ghost on the inside, you have God on the inside who knows all truth and he's going to guide you into all truth. We may mention healing, health, strength is a truth. So the spirit of God will lead you and guide you strength, health, and healing if you'll listen on the inside. And I know that we're faith folks. We lay hold of formulas here. Formulas. Do A, B, C, D, and, you know, some type of formula. But if you guard your heart, listen to your heart, where the Spirit of God will bear witness with your spirit, and He will guide you into all truth. He'll show you how to easily pick up healing, easily to have strength in your life. But too many times we, we were getting a multiple pray for me, pray for me, oh, agree with me. And we're we're out here and we're violating God. We, we we kick God out by calling everyone else up. We get God out trying to Google things and trying to lay hold of stuff ourselves. God is nowhere in the equation. The equation's in here. God is saying, I know how to get health to you. I know I, I know the answer to your life. But you know, no, you know, we're out here trying to believe. We're trying to get... You now, guard your heart. He bears witness. He will lead you into all truth. He will lead you into health and healing. How is he going to do this? He's going to bear witness, like everyone your own spirit. And so you have to listen. Where are the mailboxes. Now, let me help you. I've been privileged to walk in divine health. You know, everyone else can get sick. I'm not going to get sick. But the key is to listen here too many people are trying to do formulas trying to get everyone to pray for them. Your answer is right here. Now let me let me help you. Growing up, I had nasty allergies. I had hay fever. I don't know why they call it hay fever. I didn't have a fever. I just sneezed and you know but they call it hay fever. And, uh, you know, I, I had it bad. I had it bad, you know. And just, you know, in the summertime, man, you had popped the pills and they didn't seem to work. And, you know, then I, I got born again. And just because I got born again doesn't mean that it left. You know, it's still in my body. You know, and I, I looked in the Word. I saw a body stripes, I'm healed. Woo, I got really excited. I remember the first time when I saw that I don't need to be sick a day in my life, guess what happened next day? I got sick. And the devil says, see, it don't work. No, he comes to steal the word that's on your heart. That's why you need to know the Bible. The devil would hoodwink you. If you listen to this thing up here, he'll keep you out of the blessings of heaven. But I saw that healing belonged to me. And man, I love outdoors. I love the summertime, a lot of my work, you know, being around farms and stuff. There's hay. And so you, this, this hay fever got in the way. And I remember one summer was a particularly bad pollen season, hay fever season, whatever. And man, I'm standing on the Bible. I'm quoting scriptures. And part of my job was to go mow the fields, you know, mow great, the, between the grape rows on a brush chopper for eight hours a day, you know, with all that pollen blowing up. And I'm quoting, body and my, I'm just swelling. At the end of the day, you know, I, I can barely talk. My eyes are swelling. My face is swelling, you know. And, and you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to believe God. What, what's in here? Who's got a Bible? Yeah, and folks don't have Bibles anymore then. I do have ones up there. What was in here was not shown up in my body. And yet, I was grabbing at formulas. I was grabbing, trying to do things. But I wasn't listening to mailbox. And so, the Spirit of God will lead me and guide me in all truth. That I noticed something. I would about to eat sugar. You know, when I say sugar, I'm not talking about white granules. You know, I, I'm talking about... Donuts, cakes, cookies, all the fun things in life. My, my father was a world champion sugar eater. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I mean, he, some, he sometimes would eat ice cream for breakfast. And so we had that lineage, so there's this craving for sugar. But I, I noticed that I'd go to eat sugar, I would get a check, just like I was about to send. <clears throat> I said, whoa, what, 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 what is that? See, the Spirit of God has guiding me to know truth. Here I'm trying to believe God, and he was dealing with me with the cause. And I said, well, all right, maybe not cake, let's try some cookies. <laughs> and I'd buy, grab a cookie. Uh, well, how about pudding? Let's try <laughs> And every time I I, I could eat something else, but when it came to sugar, over and over, and he dealt hard with me on it. I was getting mad because I love my sugar. Me and sugar were friends. I grew up with him. He's my best friend. He's denying me friendship with my best friend. But is Jesus Lord or not? Now that's a prophet. We've got to put him aside. Uh, all right, save that for Tuesday. <laughs> Go back to pastor, smile, make people feel good. So he, he, I get a check, a witness, don't eat that, don't eat that. You know what? I begin to obey him. And you know what happened? My head fever went away. I didn't need to believe God anymore. I I could go out, and even on the worst of days, oh, this is wonderful and great. See, he will guide you, no truth. See, the problem with, if you're believing and it's not working, it's because you're not listening. Yeah. Because the Bible is. God does not lie. And the the thing is, we're... I believe in God, call people, I believe in God, agree with me, yes, yes, more tapes. I will lead you, guide you the way you should go, on the inside. Now, you know, and see, this is making Jesus not my prophet. See, when Jesus is Lord, he has the right to say what you eat and don't eat, what you do with your body. Yeah. Can can I see this? I, I'm stepping over, but I'm trying to taper it, but I'm stepping over. Over eighty percent of the things wrong with my body, it's because I'm violating some natural law. That I'm trying to believe God to override and He doesn't do that. I was having certain symptoms and believing God, believing God and the Spirit of God by witnesses because you don't sleep enough. You don't rest enough. And you know when I got enough rest, those symptoms went away. Huh. Can you see and see if you try to believe and try to believe and try to believe and, to believe and you're not taking heed, you're, you're trusting in vanities. The spirit of truth will guide you. And, you know, I can give you a whole lot of examples in this area. See, the key of divine health is simply listening to your spirit. I remember when I was in my 30s, I ended up in the emergency room. Panic attacks, heart palpitations. Of course, I'm believing God, believing God. And God said this. He said, you'll be dead by the time you're in your 50s if you don't change. See how foolish it would be to stand on the word. God is the strength of my heart, my portion forever. When I'm not listening on the inside. Yeah. Was, was that sweet? Did it, you know, I kind of I let the pastor taper that a little bit. But, I mean, you know, it's truth. It's truth. The, the Bible's true. I'm here to tell you the Bible's true. What God says he will do. Faith works. But what we do is we made a formula. We we, we don't include guard your heart with all the... Out of it are the issues of life. Ah. Then, um, and of course, what God tells me doesn't mean it's for you. We have different bodies. Because you may say, you no. Know, I'm married to sugar. He's not just my best friend. I'm married to it. He may not tell you about sugar. He told me, my body. You know, God told me to stop drinking coffee. Whenever I share that, you know, people begin to convulse. And they're, I, no, depart from me. Have you come to torment us before the time? And I'm talking, those are ministers. Yeah. But he he led me. I mean, you're talking caffeine addicts. Number In my earlier man, you know, but it's the Lord. And when I did that, my body just responded in health. And a lot of times we, we, we hold on to things of the flesh that he may be dealing with us, and we're trying to believe God. Now, I, I wasn't intending to go this direction, but you let him out. I'm speaking by the Spirit of God. And so, let's get the pastor back in. All right. Okay, where do I dare go? Okay, I'm going to get the pressure off of me. I'm going to get it on my wife, my beautiful wife. Years ago, years ago, that's story time. Years ago, she was having intestinal issues. And, of course, we're faith people. Believe God by the stripes of Jesus. We are healed. But what was in the book wasn't showing up in our body. We prayed, we confessed, we believed, we had hands laid, hands laid, hands laid, hands laid. Yeah. The Bible works. But if it's not working for you, it's because you're not listening. I'm talking all of us. And so, where we're believing God, and one night, Jesus comes to my wife in a dream. And sweet Jesus has this beautiful plate of hot peppers and has them right before my wife. And Jesus just went like this. And she woke. Do you want the interpretation of the dream? <laughs> or have you gotten it? Yeah. Believe in God, but violating. Now, was that spectacular? Yes. But during the time my wife was newer to these things, and God will help us when newer. But I asked her this, and she said, Deep on the inside, I just knew that I shouldn't be eating them. Is that right, honey? Yes. yes. See, Faith is not a formula to trump your spirit. Out of it, out of your spirit are the issues of life. He will guide you into all truth. Paul said, "Faith, believe in God without conscience, you shipwreck. You never hit the designated port." Ooh. Aren't you glad you came to this Presbyterian convention? I have some more, so many more illustrations I could give you. And, uh, but, you know, I'm trying to keep it within 50 minutes. I mean, and I got a minute and a half here to tell you more. I, I, could, I could sit here until to Bible school tonight and just tell you story after story of healing and health. And following my spirit. All right. One more? Two more. One more. One more. Okay. My peanut butter story. We got newer people all the time. I don't tell as much because you don't cast your pearls before. People say, I've heard that. But you get a fresh group of Bible school students, they think it's the best thing since sliced bread. So that's why I can't wait to go to Bible school and teach in California because people don't hear my stories. But, um. I'm an assistant pastor from a faith school. Health and healing are mine. And you know, I I live a very consecrated, dedicated life. If I'm preaching, you know, I'm very careful what I eat, sometimes I don't eat, I fast, and so forth. Well, this is a midweek service, and I'm not doing the service, I'm an associate. And so I I, I get off of work and say, Oh good, I get to eat today. You know that that's something. Can he decide when you eat not when he's Lord? And you're consecrated? Sometimes yes, especially if you're in the ministry. We, we don't even go there. That's way beyond a lot of people's pay grade. No, Jesus, yeah, Lord. We want to be used in the gifts of the Spirit, but we can't lay a plate or fork down. But that's more for ministers. And again, I'm, I'm going in and out, in and out, in and out. Let's stay, stay with pastor. Hi, everybody. How are you doing today? love you. So, I get to eat. Oh, and I'm looking forward to eating. I'd like to eat. I get to eat. Oh, good. I'm not preaching. I only, And so, I was on a peanut butter kick. You ever have a kick? Yeah. That man, you have it for breakfast, then you have it for lunch, you have it for dinner, and you'd get tired. I don't know if it's your body needs something. And I, I was on a peanut butter kick. I just couldn't eat enough peanut butter. And so, here I had, it for I, I. and we had this You know, my my parents didn't have the revelation of buying Jeff or Peter Pan, the brand names. They buy the no-name tubs that cost cheaper than the small thing of Peter Pan. You know, because, you know, you feed a family, you know, their parents were in the Great Depression and so forth. But nevertheless, we had this big orange tub of peanut butter. And I had it for breakfast. Mm Mmm, it was so good. I had it for lunch. It was so good. But it became before service, I want to go get that spoon of that delicious brown peanut butter, and I put it on the sandwich, and my spirit says, eh. And I put it down. I says, that's not right. I had for breakfast, I had for lunch, and um, let's try it again. Pick up that spoon, put it on the sandwich, eh, my spirit well, Houston, we got a problem. Lord, don't you want me to eat? So many times I fasted get meals, and now I gotta fast. I'm not even preaching. You know, <laughs> and I mean this pen bar so good right now. And and so after I argued, I tried it again. <clears throat> the Bible says, trust the Lord with all of your heart, be not to your understanding. So my mind says, Well, you had it for breakfast uh-huh. you had it for lunch you're, you're not preaching tonight just, you, that's just bondage you, you're just in bondage you, you. and so I listened to my head and I spread it extra thick on that sandwich and I ate it and my spirits and, I, and I, it was so loud on the inside and I said I better drown this thing out and I grabbed another sandwich <laughs> I normally only eat one. Just to drown that thing out. And of course you feel so joyful after disobedience. And on the way to church. You got to put a smile on like most Christians do. And don't know what's going on behind doors. You know. I'm just greeting people at the door. But I'm not preaching. And I get in the service. Oh. Something begins to rumble and tumble and rock and roll, and it isn't the service. And you're you're about to lose it. And finally, the pastor was going a little long-winded. He says, Let us bow our heads in prayer. Oh, thank God. And I go into the restroom. And I won't be descriptive, but (laughs) what went in came out. Projected out in a lesser beautiful form than it went in. Blah, 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 blah. And of course you have that wonderful acidic taste. And so I am, and, and the pastor's taking the altar call. This is all on the altar call, when God is moving in the service. And so I, I find breath mints and I wipe my face up and, and I walk in service like nothing happened. And I greet people as they left. (laughs) Now, I got sick. God promised me I wouldn't get sick. Did God make me sick because I disobeyed? No. The Holy Ghost was warning me that peanut butter evidently went bad in a few hours from lunch to dinner. And you see, very often... The reason why people are sick, have accidents, have bad investments, and they said, God, but I prayed. God says, I told you. I bared witness the Holy spirit, but you didn't check that mail on the inside. Out of it are the issues of life. So, story time over. I want five minutes too long, but you, you edged me on. Put that scripture on Proverbs 4. Keep or guard your heart with all diligence. One trans- Above all that you do, we guard a lot of things. We guard our finances, we guard our family, we guard a lot of things. But the number one thing you ought to guard and keep this tender before the Lord out of it are the issues of life. Let us pray. Father, we're just so grateful and thankful that we can come together and break the bread of God's word. Father, we, we thank you for, for helping us and teaching us. And Father, your word works. Faith works. And Father, if we're not making the connection, very often, it's because we've not listened to your leading and guidance on the inside. We're not listening to our the voice of our spirit communicating with us. Father, very often we, we, we just didn't know. Very often so many voices are so much stronger than the voice of our spirit. But Father, may all of us, especially this year, as the end of the age draws nigh, that we become more and more sensitive to you. And so Father, we thank you for this. In Jesus' name. With heads bowed and eyes closed. We talked about being led of the Holy Ghost. What a privilege to have God on the inside. To lead us and guide us and direct us. And that same spirit that corrects us. Will direct us if we'll listen to it. That's why it's so important that you, you keep a tender con- conscience before the Lord. But maybe you're here and you've, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Maybe you're a church member or church goer. Maybe you're just a good moral person. But Jesus didn't say a church goer goes to heaven. He didn't say a good moral person goes to heaven. He says you must be born again in order to go to heaven. Why do we need to be born again? Because Jesus said we've all sinned. The Bible says we've all sinned, come short of the glory of God. If you sin once, and we all have, if we're honest, if you sin once in your life, that sin will keep you from heaven. And there's no natural remedy for sin, only the blood of God and wash away sins. And that's why we need to save. That's why we need Jesus. And uh, the beautiful thing is that Jesus paid the price for every person on the earth, no matter what they've done, where they've been, now how bad they are, he paid the price that whoever would call upon him would be born again. And the beautiful thing, this is not joining religion, this is is joining a family, That, that the Spirit of God will talk to your heart even when you're not just your child and will convict you, will know you need to do that. That's how personal God wants to be in your life. He will stand at the door of your heart and you'll knock. See, it's not religion, it's relationship. That's how, that's why Christianity is dynamic. It's, it's not a creed, it's not religion. It's a personal relationship with God Almighty. And God gives you a personal invitation, but he never will force himself in. life. You may sense that, you know, it's not words, but you just kind of know, I need to do that. That's God talking to you. If you open your your heart to God, he'll change your life. But you resist that, you know, and you continue to resist that, one day you'll die. And the Bible says there's a hell to shun. And and you you realize, God so loved me, he invited me to go to heaven, but I I didn't respond. Don't be that person. Be a person who who opens their heart to God. And God will do so much for you. He, He will turn things around in your life. He'll be so good to you if you'll let him in. And so with heads bowed and eyes closed, is there anybody here, you've never been born again? Now how do you know you need that? You're, the Spirit of God will bear witness with your spirit. You just know on the inside. It's not something in your head. Your head will try to talk you out of it. The devil will try to talk you out of it through your, your mind and your thoughts. But your spirit, is there anybody here, you're not born again. Your spirit will bear witness. Just raise your hand. Anybody here? And if you're watching online, I can't see him, but go ahead and raise your hand. Because God will see it. Maybe you're here and you have been born again. We're talking about conscience and keeping a tender conscience before the Lord and know that you violate your conscience. We, we've all done that, but you, you just know you're not walking with God. You, you turn your way, you're back on God. You're, you're, you're maybe in, you're doing things you shouldn't. And you're what we call backson. The Bible calls the prodigal son or daughter. But the good news is, like the prodigal son of the Bible, when he came to his senses and started to head back home, and the father ran out to meet him. And if you'll come to your senses and say, you know what, I'm done. I'm coming back to God. He'll run out to meet you. He'll bless you. He'll, he'll begin to do his best work in your life if you'll just come and humble yourself before him. And if that's you, and you say, hey, man, I'm a prodigal son. I'm a prodigal daughter. I need to rededicate my life to him. Go ahead and raise your hand. Anybody here? Anybody here. I know we're mostly church folks here, but for those that are watching, no matter where you are, go ahead and raise your hand. And the Bible says, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right where you are, call on the name of God. Say, Father God, I believe that Jesus is your Son. I believe He died for my sins. I believe He rose again from the dead. A very simple but a heartfelt prayer like that will change your destiny, will change your eternity. Pray that right now in the name of Jesus. And if you prayed that prayer, go ahead and let us know that you received Christ in this broadcast. And we'd love to help you get started in your new walk with God. Amen. Well, were you helped this morning? Yes, I'm here to tell you the Bible works. And if it's not showing up, it's just we're just not doing right. And the beautiful thing, we have a guide on the inside. I will guide you in all truth. I will bear witness with your spirit. Your answers are on the inside now sometimes you need to get quiet to listen and develop your spirit and maybe we'll get to that how to develop your spirit to be real strong you can develop your spirit where you'll know the will of God instantly in certain areas instantly they won't even need to pray instantly you know when the Spirit of God's don't eat that peanut butter I didn't pray about it I was very carnal I wanted to eat peanut butter but instantly he showed me what the will of God was and so you can develop your spirit and God wants to be more spirit conscious Especially in the days ahead with all the weird, crazy things going out. Praise the Lord. So we'll we'll pick this up, take it a little bit further next week. We certainly love you, appreciate you. Don't forget word and spirit, matters of eternity and security. What what are we talking about? We're talking about predestination. We're we're going to be talking about uh, this week, eternal security. Is it saved or always saved? Or can you lose your salvation? How do you lose your salvation? Well, you want to come out just to find out that. <laughs> Amen. And so we're going to look at the word about these Bible doctrines, and they're important because the devil has used some of the things in the Bible to get people in bondage, thinking that they committed unpardonable sin, they blasphemed the Holy Ghost. And so that's why it's important for us to know exactly what these things